0: Support for this NPR podcast comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, family-owned, operated, and argued over since 1980. Proud supporter of independent thought, whether that's online, over the air, or in a bottle. More at SierraNevada.com.
1: Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Robin Hilton from NPR's All Songs Considered, and we're doing a quick run through some of the best new releases out on May 11th, starting with Charlie Puth and his album, Voice Notes.
2: Maybe I'm going to get a little out. Maybe I'm gonna get a little shy Cause everybody's trying to be famous
0: And I'm just trying to find a place to hide All I wanna do is just hold somebody But no one ever wants to get to know somebody I don't even know how to explain this I don't even think I'm gonna try
1: Charlie Puth is the artist and the record His voice notes and here to talk about it is NPR Music Stephen Thompson. Hello, well, Robin. Welcome, Stephen. I have to admit, I was certain I was going to hate this record, and I found it completely irresistible.
0: Yeah, you know, I have pop radio on in my car quite a bit, and every time this guy's song, Attention, would come on the radio, I'd be like, oh, what's this pop dross? And then by about 30 <laughs> seconds in, it's getting, eh, turn it up, eh, turn it up, eh, turn it up. Yeah. The guy really knows what he's doing. and yeah. You know, he's been around actually for, for a while, he's 26, he's Berkeley School of Music educated, he ha- has perfect pitch, and this record just has this springy, almost kind of boy bandy quality to it, but it's just these weaponized pop hook after weaponized pop hook.
1: One of the things I like about these songs is that there, there's a lot of the tropes you expect in pop songs, but a lot of babies and a lot of I love yous and relationship songs, but he also does a lot of self-reflecting on this in the song that we're hearing, the way I am. He, he's, he talks about his own insecurities and he sings about how he just wants something real and lasting. And he questions fame, whether he deserves the su- success that he's had. And he's also paid his dues and put in a lot of work and then had a big break.
0: Yeah, it's a very modern pop music success story, right? He started out as a YouTuber putting these lightweight pop songs out into the world and developing a following that way over time got caught the attention of Ellen DeGeneres, had a song on one of the on the soundtrack to one of the Fast and the Furious movies and kind of just crept up the ladder until he is now this budding pop juggernaut. Charlie
1: Puth is the artist, voice notes is the record and uh, as I said it's Pretty irresistible, rewarding listen.
0: That's fun.
1: We're going to jump around a lot on this week's New Music Friday, and Stephen will be talking about another big release for May 11th a little later on the show. But up next, we're going to go to Jerry Garcia and this incredible box set from him called Before the Dead. <laughs> sit there a-crying, right in your beard. You think you've got troubles, my friend, listen here, yeah. Don't tell me your troubles, I got enough of my to live by. (laughs) (laughs) This uh, is Jerry Garcia and from this incredible box set that's coming out called Before the Dead. And for this one we go to NPR Music's Grateful Dead correspondent, Felix (laughs) Contreras.
3: I'll take that.
1: (laughs) Well, tell us about this box set, Before the Dead, and why it's a special one this week.
3: Many may or may not know that the long strange trip of the Grateful Dead was based on American folk music. Their earliest influences were blues, gospel, country, and western, and bluegrass. And this is what this record is all about. It's from the early 60s. Jerry Garcia in various forms, various bluegrass bands, mostly playing banjo. And on this track, as you hear, he's singing. You can hear his voice, the Jerry voice, the early Jerry voice. Yeah. And certainly not the later Jerry voice.
1: Right. Well, so full disclosure, I've always loved Jerry Garcia's folk and bluegrass music, Americana music, more than I've liked his work with the Grateful Dead and it is such a treat to, these are such intimate recordings yeah. but uh, such a treat to hear him in these early days on these
3: yeah let's set the scene okay it's like early 60s folk music is really really popular back then it's really sort of the expression of a progressive folks right thinking about going back to the land traditional lifestyles you know all of this stuff and Jerry is like a, a devotee of, of this folk music in particular of the of the banjo you know when you listen to the, him playing his banjo I think I can hear later on and throughout his career a finger-picking style in a way of how he played guitar certainly he didn't completely it didn't dominate the way he played but every now and then I could hear flashes of some of his banjo work and some of the early folk music and any other stuff that came afterwards
1: well this box set before the dead it has Four really packed discs yes. and and a book uh, to read up on all of this stuff with it. It's quite a set.
3: Yeah, it's a great compilation. It's a great look at hit the earliest roots of one of the major musical icons coming out of the 1960s and on up through the 1990s until he passed in 95.
1: And Felix, you'll be back later on this week's New Music Friday to talk about one more album. Uh, but first we go to country singer Brent Cobb and his record Providence Canyon. <music>
3: Get old barefoot shoveling across the outdoor dance floor.
1: What a fantastic earworm. This is Brent Cobb from his album Providence Canyon. And the song we're hearing is called Morning's Gonna Come. And for this one, we go to Nashville. uh, An NPR music contributor, Julie Height. Julie, hey. Hey. Thanks for doing this.
2: Yeah, happy to do it. I love this album, too.
1: I was new to Brent Cobb, and I thought he was like a Nashville veteran who's been doing this for decades. But uh, especially based on the sound, but he's actually a young guy who's really just captured this country funk Sound, tell us about Brick Cobb and what it is you love about his record, Providence Canyon.
2: He is an artist who, to me, he kind of splits the difference between that kind of storytelling that's so rich in scene setting and character development. And he tells us so much, gives us so much texture about the small town South or the rural South and people living there, characters living there. But I feel like he gives just as much attention to feel in his music, to groove. Even his vocal delivery, his drawl is funky. Tell us
1: what the difference is between country funk and uh, maybe some more traditional country sounds.
2: Yeah, he's kind of... Brent Cobb is kind of reviving a strain that has been there at various points in time in country music, in the music of, of someone like Jerry Reed, you know? But it's something that... The way that country has been interacting with elements of R&B and soul has not so much been around funk for a long time. I mean, it's been more of a beat-driven production thing, you know, more drawing on contemporary R&B and hip-hop. And I was really excited to hear what Brent Cobb is doing in, in this stuff. And it reminded me of, of a few other things that I've been hearing. I mean, Margot Price... Brothers Osborne and there are other artists that are kind of more on in the independent end of the spectrum that are doing that too, but it's kind of a new thing that's emerging in a new generation of music makers that I hadn't been hearing for a while.
1: Well, I guess I'm a fan of country funk because I love the riffs on this one. The hooks are just fantastic, lots of earworms and great grooves and super melodic. I'm a, I'm always a sucker for a good melody, no matter the genre. And the record is Providence Canyon from Brent Cobb. Thanks for doing this, Julie. I hope we have you on again soon.
2: Yeah, happy to do it and happy to come back anytime.
1: All right, be well. And from Brent Cobb, we go to pianist Simona Dinnerstein and her album Circles. This is just beautiful. It's Simona Dinnerstein and her record, Circles. And back to talk with us about this one is NPR Music's Tom Heisinga Welcome, Tom. Hey, Robin. Thanks for having me. She's a classical pianist, and here she's joined by the Boston-based String Orchestra *A Far Cry. Tell us about this one, what she's, what she's doing on this. She somehow manages to get from Bach to Philip Glass. Right. So there are two
4: keyboard concertos on this record called Circles, and you might think of Bach and Glass as kind of strange bedfellows, but I think these concertos, even though they're kind of on the opposite ends of music history, so to speak, share, I think, more of a common musical language than you might think with their multiple alternating voices and these entwined repetitions. What we're listening to right now is Philip Glass. It's his new piano concerto, number 3, written for Simona Dinnerstein. And, you know, Philip Glass just turned 81 a couple of months ago, and he's as busy as ever still churning out this really distinctive music. But I think also he still is misunderstood in some ways. I keep running into people who are like classical music, and they just don't like his music. Is There's that old joke, you know, about how the needle is
1: skipping on the record, and that's what <laughs> Philip Glass's does music... is very repetitive uh, lines. And, right.
4: Yeah. And, sure, there are those, you know, early Glass keyboard works and maybe his opera Einstein on the beach that have that kind of head-spinning repetition going on, but this concerto, for instance, um, is light years away from that. There's almost kind of a Franz Schubert-like warmth to it. It's all rounded corners and diffused light and a kind of an autumnal feel. You just
1: you just want to bathe in it. It's absolutely beautiful. And what we're listening to right now is the first movement of the Philip Glass Concerto Number no. Three. Let's listen to a little bit of the third movement.
4: Dedicated this to this Estonian mystic composer Arvo Pärt, and so naturally it's kind of meditative. But and of course, this just keeps repeating for a while as the strings mm. kind of
1: bloom. This reminds me of a Dvorak piece, but I can't think of what it is. See, it has that romantic yeah, feel to it. That's it. it. You yeah. know, it's yeah. real Brahmsian. But it ha- but uh, but that pulse though, with the, with oh. the bass pulse, I think I think hmm. I hear that, and I think yeah, uh-huh. Philip Glass. Yep. Yeah.
4: Well, this is a concerto that this is not kind of your piano versus orchestra concerto. This is a concerto where the strings and the piano they they're conversing rather than arguing with
1: each other. Yeah, really beautiful. Simona Dinnerstein's records circles. Thanks for coming in and talking about it with us, Tom. Oh, I could talk about it all day. Thank you.
0: <laughs> all right. We still have a few more albums to get through, but first let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from the NPR Wine Club. Discover hand-selected wines from around the world, learn the stories behind each one, and enjoy unique bottles inspired by favorite NPR shows. If you're 21 or older, uncork a special offer at nprwineclub.org.
1: It's New Music Friday from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton, and we're doing a quick run through the most essential new albums out for May 11th. And we start the second half of the show off with the band Illuminati Hotties and their record Kiss Your Frenemies. The band is Illuminati Hotties, and the record's "Kiss Your Frenemies. Enemies." The song we're hearing is "You're Better Than Ever." And joining us to talk about this one is NPR Music's Lindsay McKenna. Welcome. Thanks, Robin. It's the first time we've had you on New Music Friday.
5: And I couldn't be happier to be here for this record. I just adore this record. It's the debut from Illuminati Hotties, the self-described tender punk project from LA's Sarah Tudson. And I love that you started out with that track. It just blasts off and it bounces, and I oh, think yeah. that it's pretty indicative of a lot of what you hear on it. Um,
1: I really love all the guitar noise on this record. Anytime they mangle guitars up like she does on this record, uh, I'm just in love with it.
5: Right. You've got tracks like that with great guitar sound, but you've also got sort of more tender, more gentle ballads that, you know, some songs that really capture what it feels like to be an early adult.
1: So Sarah Hudson is in her early 20s, what kinds of things does she dig into on this record?
5: Well, we have got uh, one of the tracks, Paying Off the Happiness. It talks about social miscues and a little bit of anxiety with the financial missteps that come with uh, PayPal-ing your friends and, you know, paying for that drink that you shouldn't have. There's a buildup of how do you convince yourself of something or how do you walk back what you said or maybe even watching an ex succeed when you're maybe fumbling a little more than you want to be.
1: Yeah. So she really captures that period in one's life of... Profound transition, I think, when you're in your early 20s.
5: Exactly. But I think she does it all with such a balance of both grace and also a little bit of humor. Like, she's okay with pointing out how silly some of this can feel.
1: And a whole lot of noise, too.
5: That, too. We love that.
1: Illuminati Hotties is the band, and the record is Kiss Your Frenemies. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thanks, Robin. Now let's go to Los Texamaniacs and their album, Crusando Borders.
0: Yo soy mexicano
1: This one's a lot of fun. Los Tex Maniacs and their record Crusando Borders. And for this one, we go back to Felix Contreras. This is a, a fun, listen, it's, they're a conjunto band, but maybe tell us a little bit about what that is. Exactly.
3: Con, conjunto is roots music, Mexican-American roots music, my roots music. This is my. I used to hear this, my mother played this kind of stuff in the morning when we would wake up for school before we t- turned it off and changed the channel to the Jackson 5, right? <laughs> but this is what we would hear. This is accordion music. This is music from, it's relatively new. It's like from the late 1920s, 1930s. It's a mixture of basically just Spanish over polkas and waltzes, okay? Because along the Texas-Mexican border, there were a lot of German and Polish immigrants, and these guys, the musicians that would learn how to play the accordion, and they ended up playing waltzes and and polkas, and then they started singing in Spanish over it. I love that,
1: because my first thought was, how on earth did those two worlds come together?
3: It's left over from part of Mexico's history, because Texas was part of Mexico up until 1848, It was left over from these German and Polish immigrants that it came over when Mexico was ruled by an Austrian. Don't ask. (laughs) It's just part (laughs) of the the wacky Mexican history. But that's what they brought over, the accordions, and they brought over the polkas and, and waltzes, and that's what this music is.
1: And this band, you know, for a sound that's been around for 80, 90 years, this is a relatively new band. They've been doing it for about 20 years. How do they pull it off?
3: You know, Max Baca is the leader of this band. Okay and Max is his his connection to Conjunto goes back three generations his grandfather played just probably just shortly after like in the 1940s so he goes back almost to you know the family lineage goes almost back to the beginning and he put this band together to keep the more traditional sound going they mix in a little bit of rock and roll a little bit of country but they're pretty much I don't want to say revivalist, because the music is still very much alive, right? Yeah. But they're very straight ahead in what they do, and they're so damn good at it.
1: Yeah, it's hard not to get a big smile on my face and start bouncing when, oh, I, yeah, oh, when this comes on. And yeah. I, I love it, and I love knowing that it takes you back to your childhood oh, man. days, man. Yeah, That's awesome.
3: Man. My mom's swinging me around on the dance floor, showing us how to dance. Yeah, it's really cool, man. This is the stuff.
1: That's awesome. Los Tex Maniacs, and the record is Crusando Borders. Thanks a lot, Felix. Yeah, man, anytime. All right, we have just one more record that we want to talk about before we go. But I want to mention a handful of other records that are worth noting today that we're not going to get to play. Marion Hill's record, Unusual, is out today, as well as Mark Kozalek's new self-titled record, Mark Kozalek. The Beach House record we had on the show a couple weeks ago called Seven is out today, along with Rykooter's Prodigal Son. The Sea and Cake record called Any Day is out now. Along with Ski Mask, The Slump Gods, Beware the Book of Eli. And lastly, Ashley Campbell's record, The Lonely One, is out today. Ashley Campbell, the daughter of country singer Glenn Campbell, is out today. All right, the final record that we want to talk about before we go comes from Arctic Monkeys. The album is called Tranquility, Bass Hotel, and Casino. Arctic Monkeys, the record's Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. This is the title cut. And Steven Thompson, we come back to you. We started the show with you. We're ending the show with you. Says it should be. This record from Arctic Monkeys is not at all what I was expecting no. from them. What is going on with it? With this? This is their first record in five years, and what are they doing?
0: When this band first came along, they were one very, very specific thing. They were kind of speedball, you know, I bet that you look good on the dance floor, you know, just the, like big... Guitar, loud guitars. Yeah, big guitars. And, and there was tons and tons and tons of hype. And so it's really interesting to see a band that seemed like it could be a little bit flash in the pan yeah, evolve into... A band where you really don't necessarily know what to expect from album to album. And this particular record, I would say it is a hard left turn. These songs were written on the piano instead of with guitars. There's this very uh, moody quality to them. And this is not designed to be a hit record.
1: You know, I love what they're doing here because if you keep doing the same thing, That you've always done it's got to be spectacular right right? each record has to be spectacular not a lot of room for error but if you go in a totally new direction it's like you have the space to try things out and challenge yourself and and the chance to be surprising and this is very surprising that's what they've done here yeah and that album again from arctic monkeys is tranquility base hotel and casino thanks steven thank you Robin. And a reminder to see a list of the albums that we talked about on this week's episode. Check out the podcast description. You can also go to npr.org slash all songs. You can hear full versions of the songs we featured from these records and a whole lot of other great releases in the New Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Go to npr.org Spotify or open the Spotify app and search for NPR Music. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. Be well, have a great weekend, and listen to lots of great music.